name's Bryant, and like so many during the pandemic, I've been staying in and working from home. To pass the time and remain connected in a socially distanced world, I've been reaching out to people to see how they're holding up, what they're cooking or eating, and hear about anything else that's on their mind. Join us on What's Eating You. This week, we're chasing the turning leaf south, and I've got for you an abbreviated, but no less meaningful conversation with my friend Megan. Cali Girl, now located down on the Tobacco Road. Today's convo celebrates love, commitments of quarantine, and advice for maintaining your balance as so much is upended. Megan, welcome to What's Eating You. It's good to, good to see you, good to hear you, good to catch up. Happy to be here. And you are uh, here calling in from COVID Central? Is that? I mean, that's like 48 states now, but you're in yeah. the, the Carolinas? One of the many COVID centrals, but yes, from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. How is it down there? What's the vibe like in North Carolina? Um, I think people are about at the stage that they're at in most places, which is like, fuck, am I allowed to curse? Say what you want. (laughs) Which is like, forget it. I want to be out in the street. So people are wearing masks, but they're definitely out. Like I live across the street from a brewery and it is thriving and popping every single night. Um, Campus life is different. Obviously it's pretty much just the student athletes and a few other students. So it's just pretty much a dead campus. Um, And and you work at the flagship, right? You work at the the state, the state institution. The one. Jordan university. Mm -hmm. Take flight. Um, so it's pretty dead right now on campus, but it's still very beautiful. Just right. very empty. <laughs> and so up here, we never brought people back, but you guys started with people around, huh? The plan. Yeah. So we moved our start date up, and so we were one of the first to open. So when we had all of the COVID cases, everyone was like pointing their fingers and saying how terrible we were for opening the campus. And then we closed the campus and then everyone else started opening up and then we got to point our fingers back. So <laughs> it was uh, pretty scary, but it's under control now. We're all just hanging out. And you you are working, you said your your hybrid work basically, right? Um, at that point, men's basketball and women's basketball were actually, and football were back on campus. So oh, we were- wow when things started to get a little crazy. Um, didn't leave my office, but yep, I was there. <laughs> well, and now you're, now like you said, you're lucky. You're, um, you got some distance between you and, and the next outbreak on campus, but it's mm-hmm. uh, still close enough to scoot in and out of on a couple days a week, you said. Yeah, I'm in the office four to five days a week and then out the other two to three. Is has work for you changed? I mean, what's it like? I mean, obviously masks, I guess, but is other stuff weird? Are you anything else strange? You have an office space, I'm sure, but how is it interacting with people? What's it like in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, you just it's when people do stop by, you're like, do I hug you? Do I high five you? Do I just do like a polite nod? Um, and then on the court, it's just kind of weird. Like coaches are coaching with masks. And you can't, you can barely even understand what they're saying. <laughs> like the coaching voice rarely works through the mask. Um, 
Right, like that Jedi mind trick of uh, I'm kind of mad at you. It's like, wait, I, I can understand you first before I know how you feel about it. Exactly. It's like, let me read your eyes. Was that a good pass or a bad pass? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's been really odd, like most of the other were the rest of the world. But um, all in all, it's good to be around people like mm. <laughs> and interact with other human beings. Um, I love my wife who was my fiance going into the pandemic, but um, it, it got pretty old just looking at each other every day, not gonna lie. <laughs> so, I mean, it didn't get too old, I guess, if you actually uh, pulled the trigger on it, but yeah, I guess the daily routine, right? That's what you're talking about, just 24 seven. Yeah, I mean, and we talk about it all the time, how like, I think we're seeing like these massive divorce rates go up because it's like really hard to make quarantine sexy on day 50. Like it's just not sexy anymore. I've seen you in your sweatpants for 50 days now. And like, I'm kind of annoyed at the little things that you're doing. Um, so we actually did really well for quarantine, but I definitely can understand. Yeah. People looked into that and were like, this is, this is not just forever. It's the next, <laughs> However many months, shoot. Right, for sure. So, and you said fiance to wife. That, if I recall, that was recent, right? Was it a week, two weeks? How long have you been? We have, on Saturday, it will be two weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, congrats. Thank you, thank you. How was the celebration? Uh, it was really good. I mean, we had planned on having a wedding in downtown LA, like super chic super modern and then the pandemic hit and we kept kind of pushing it off saying that we were still gonna have it and then we realized that this had no chance of slowing down um and then when rbg died we just kind of felt like our rights could very much be at risk with this election um and so we were like we'd rather you know be wives and kind of have our rights in place before they try to take them away um than to not so we decided to get married in our loft um with like 10 of our closest friends masked we actually hired an ordained minister who stopped in like we had no idea who he was and <laughs> literally stopped in, in and married us it's like doordash for ministers it was literally just like that like i called and i was like are you available great here's who we are are you good with that great okay come see you at two o'clock <laughs> Dang, so he was in and out, huh? You just give him a script or he just read his own? Uh, it's actually really funny. He kept trying to write this really elaborate script and we kept cutting down his script. Like, I think he really wanted to be uh, the main part of the wedding. <laughs> and we kept having to be like, no, actually, we don't want to say all of this. So um, we went back and forth for a while, but it ended, up, it ended up being really beautiful. We wore all black. We actually... Um, did not take either of our last names. We made up our own. So unconventional in pretty much every way you can possibly be. <laughs> was this all stuff you were planning to do, you know, like you said, in the before times in the LA chic wedding? Or was this like all born out of the last couple of weeks, months, quarantine? I don't know. Um, we always knew that we did not want to take one of our last names. So I'm actually hyphenating, but we really are against the patriarchy and just feel like, why am I taking the last name of some probably really old white man that I don't know? 
in one way or another when we could create our own unit and like live life our way with our own name and have our kids take on that name. Um, so that's, we decided that a long time ago. And then uh, once we got through an entire pandemic together, we were like, yeah, we definitely need to do this. So how did, how did that name come to be? How, I think that's really interesting. How did you, how did you go through that process or find that, make that discovery for yourself? Yeah, that's also really funny because we got engaged, ooh, 420, ha, 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 420 of 2019. Um, and we had decided we were going to be the Blacks. And so for a year and a half, we have operated as if we were taking the last name, the Blacks. It was our favorite color. We felt like it was really strong. We kept being like, Megan Black, Kate Black. Ooh, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> And then three days before our wedding, we looked at each other and we were like, do we really want to be the Blacks? And we completely got rid of it, went back to the drawing board and decided on Banks, B-A-N-X, um, because it's one of the only vacations that we take every single year. We go to the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Hmm. And then our wedding date is 10 10 20 so in roman numerals it's all x's so we dropped the ks and made it an x and it's completely our own so Dang, that's deep yeah. and so you said so you're hyphenating and and getting your social security card changed and all that other all that other yeah. how's the paperwork on that uh it's like a crazy amount of paperwork and it's a ridiculous process but I suppose it'll be worth it when we are one unit. Um, right now we have our marriage license and we are definitely married, but it's like the next step of it. And it literally takes like six months. It's really wow. wild. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a journey to get to the banks, but <laughs> we will get there. And when's the last time you were actually at the banks then, the OBs? Well, we were supposed to go in May and then everything shut down. So... 2000 may 2019 was the last time we were there all right well here's hoping yeah Sooner than later <laughs> what else aside from like it sounds like for you growing closer to your partner and having great idea what else were you doing in quarantine how are you managing because like you said once the year started you had work again but before that what was what happened when things shut down yeah i think this will lead to like your main question but um, I started quarantine and was super pumped. Like if you have ever been in college athletics, there is really no off switch. And so for the first time since I've been an adult in this industry, everything shut down. We could not recruit. We could not really do much. And so it was the first time I got to like take a breath. So the first three weeks of quarantine, it was like nonstop mimosas, like bottomless mimosas in my house every day. Um, watching movies, watching Netflix series. It was awesome. And I started this uh, Instagram video situation called Quarantine Kitchen, where I would like walk people through recipes, but tried to be really funny and like dance and stuff. Um, and I ended up gaining a bunch of weight from it. And then, <laughs> so after the first three weeks of quarantine, I like it, the the high wore off and it quickly became like a downward slope of like, I'm slightly going into a depression. There's all of these racial injustices going on and I'm eating like everything I possibly can, like cinnamon rolls 10 times a day because it's a coping mechanism. 
and I'm cooking it on quarantine kitchen. So, um, it started as a high, it went to a really low, low. And then I kind of dug myself out of that low with my partner for the next two months where we just like worked out like crazy, walked like crazy. I lost 20 pounds and just went into overdrive of trying to create a healthy, healthy lifestyle coming out of the pandemic. And like you said, this is all around not only just pandemic changing things, but moving, right? You said you had a lot of other a ton of changes hitting all at once, right? The oh, wedding. Yeah. So within that time, my fiance at the time had been looking for a new job. So she was going through a couple different job searches and then found a job which required us to move. So within the span of, I would say, six months, she's gotten a new job. We've moved, which has created an hour and 15 minute recruit uh, commute for the both of us and gotten married <laughs> um, and had a pretty much complete lifestyle change in terms of just our overall discipline and eating and working out that has allowed us both to lose a lot of weight. So, I mean, it's been a whirlwind of a six months. <laughs> What, and what is it? Is it? A, is there something about where you are now, aside from being the midpoint? It sounds like that helped with that change, or was a part of that. What? Why? Why? Where you are? Um, so it's actually not the midpoint. The midpoint would give us an hour both ways, but being an interracial lesbian couple in the South, there are some cities you just really don't want to be in. And so when we kept looking at the total halfway point. <clears throat> we found that most of it was extremely conservative. And actually where we lived before this for the first part of the pandemic was really also conservative. Like I would be walking in the park and get called the N word just to give you like a frame of reference. So we are still in the South and it's still very much like racial tension is very high. Um, so we just had decided that we wanted to be in a place that we loved, that we felt like we could hold hands while walking down the street or go to a restaurant and show public display of affections and not be crucified for the way that we live and the way that we love. And so Winston is super progressive, so welcoming. There's like signs all over the place that say Black Lives Matter and love is love. And so we just really felt like this was the best fit for where we are right now. Is there a college there? Is there a campus there? Is that so? Wake Forest is probably ten minutes from our house, and then I think Winston, Winston State College um, is also really close. So, yeah, it's a little younger, like you said, more progressive. Sounds like, and you did talk about the brewery across the street, but you know those are everywhere. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't gonna assume that was the difference maker. Yeah, so it's been good. It's good. Good things in all in all realms. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, since you since you um, you know since you work for your Turks, since you earn your earn your calories now, what 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 are you making in quarantine kitchen that you're that you're still proud of? Man, my cinnamon roll recipe is like a one, and like I think it depends on the person. Like we like our cinnamon rolls like gooey in the middle, like it's just about not cooked all the way. <laughs> So if you like it cooked all the way through, it's not the cinnamon roll for you. But if you don't, like it's the one. I mean, I'm shaking my head, but I want to hear how you how you go through that. What's it? How how's it how's it work? Because that takes some time. Cinnamon rolls, you know, it's that's not especially not popping them out the out the can. You know, it takes some time. 
Yeah, it's like flour, salt, um, a little, there's yeast. The yeast is the big thing. Like when you have to learn how to proof yeast, you have become another level of baking expertise. I truly believe that. And I still haven't learned. So I just use the fast, rapid, like cheat yeast is what I call it because I'm not good at it. Um, so you do that and then you let, let the dough sit after you mix it all together. And it has to sit for like 60 minutes on top of your oven. So it's getting warm and it can rise, which I've been seeing you making bread. So I know that, you know, this process very well. Um, and then, yeah, then you roll the dough out, throw butter, cinnamon, brown sugar, dark brown sugar is better than light brown sugar is what I found. Hmm. Uh, regular sugar. And you basically put as much as you possibly can. And then you roll the dough, but you have to like tuck it. It's a roll and tuck. Um, what happens if you don't? you don't like all of it comes out so when it bakes mm. you don't really tuck it under all of the cinnamon and sugar will bake out and then you just have like weird soggy bread so you roll and tuck and then you cut them put them in the pan and then you have to let them rise again so it's pretty much a three hour process three hours cheese yeah and then while that's happening you can make the cream cheese frosting mm which is butter, cream cheese, both at room temperature. Has to be at room temperature or it will curdle and it's not nice. Uh, vanilla extract, a squeeze of lemon, and then confection sugar. And you use a hand blender, delicious. So then you bake it at 375, pull them out 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how much you like them done. <laughs> and then you let them sit for a second, throw the cream cheese on it, and then eat it. Mm. the whole pan of course all of them at once because that's what i did the first two weeks of quarantine <laughs> so how often were you making that like i wanted i'm curious how many pans how many pans do you think you've you've produced in the past oh, six, six eight months whatever probably 12 Jeez. yeah it was a problem it was an addiction so like frequently you would do this it was like once a week at one yeah. point like that was just what we were doing and i we also became really into donuts not that we made but that we bought so we would just buy donuts like it would be like cinnamon roll for breakfast donut for lunch and then at some point we'd eat a piece of broccoli one piece <laughs> did you have a donut spot like what was the why donuts oh when we were in burlington we had a spot but now that we're in winston there's this place called dojo's if anyone listening ever comes through winston you shout have out, shout out dojo's have to go to dojos i hate cake donuts but we went because i am a yelper and the yelp reviews were a1 and so we went and it was all cake donuts and i was pissed so they come out they're freaking warm they like melt in your mouth you don't even know what happened to you after you've eaten this donut like you're kind of I think you're kind of high they might put weed in it or something um but best donut i've ever had <laughs> And uh, how many times a week are you eating that now? Every Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a ritual. <laughs> you just got to walk the long way there. Yeah. way back. Yep. So what else is good in your world? I mean, I know you, like you said, the, the changes, right? A couple years ago, at least, the move, mm -hmm. uh, the, the wedding, the work. What, 
what what have you what have you been feeling about the and then obviously the last six months what have you been feeling about the world a lot of change a lot of change internal external i mean i'm hoping the change continues through november the third uh but Valid. um i don't i think i'm I think I feel what a lot of people feel, which is just this like crazy emotional roller coaster where some days you wake up and you feel so defeated and helpless. Like helpless is a word that I will I would say I used a lot during the past six months of just like an, a helplessness to, you know, helping with all of the racial injustices, a helplessness to helping with the pandemic. And there's also this really weird layer that I don't know if other people in athletics are experiencing, but for me, the amount of resources that we're currently spending on athletics to be tested um, is just crazy. Like once we start playing games, we're getting tested three times a week. And there are people in underprivileged areas, obviously, who can't even get tested once or are waiting on test results for such a long amount of time that they become useless essentially um so there's this weird guilt like of like i have this really great job that i still love but like that is literally wasting resources <laughs> to allow us to have this job so i think there it's just a lot it's like uselessness it's this weird layer of guilt while it's also this trying to be positive because i'm a natural possible tarrant is what I call it where like I just want to make things happen I want to help I want to be useful but <clears throat> it's just it's I think it's a really hard time and the fact that we've still been in this pandemic for so long is just so frustrating and exhausting so I think that that all makes sense to me I think you're right the thing it's interesting like you said I, I, in a lot of ways it's not even just athletics by itself although that's a good example but this um, even if it's not, like you said, wasting, it's definitely a weird allocation, right? You know, I think people argue this about like wealth in general, right? Like, Hey, there's enough of it. It's just how it's split up. That's part of the problem. And, um, I think you're right in times like this, it really makes it apparent, you know, just makes it super explicit and clear how these things are, you know, so a lot of times you don't notice this stuff, but now you can't help, but it's like everywhere. And something you raise that we're still in it. Like, how do we keep managing then going forward, right? Because I, I, you know, we're not going to be out of it tomorrow either. So, have you thought about what you're what you're going to do in the days to come, months? Lord knows how much longer after that. Like, what? How are you thinking about reframing things just so you can, like you said, have these possibilities, have these opportunities to be more hopeful? Yeah, I think for me, <clears throat> the discipline that's been required for me to lose all the weight that I gained pre quarantine. <laughs> Um, has allowed me an opportunity for balance that I haven't had. So <clears throat> the time, the hour that I take working out to whatever capacity that I do really allows me an hour of just thinking, focusing on me, focusing on my health. And that in itself gets me in the mindset to take on the rest of the day, whatever that looks like. Um, I also have been through a ton of therapy for other things. And so there's a lot of coping mechanisms when it comes to anxiety um, that I tend to use, whether it is just a simple reframing of like, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for this. 
um, and kind of just finding a mantra that works for me that day. I think sometimes we get stuck on things and we expect for that thing to always lift us up, whatever that is. And it might be a mantra that you have, but I think right now there's so many pressures and so many different things going on. Whatever works for you in that day, in that moment is enough. (laughs) And then the next day, whatever works for you in that day, in that moment is enough. So some days I'm going to want to sit on the couch and just veg out and watch Netflix. Other days I might really want to go and try to run a 5k other days, you know, whatever works in that moment is, is what your body needs is what your mental needs. And so I think just listening to that really, and then continuing to give to different causes that um, I feel are important, um, continuing to speak up in ways that I can, whether it's on different panels about, you know, race and athletics, or a lot of people like to talk to me as an out coach in athletics. Um, so just, I don't know, just being a voice in that way when I can be, but also just being an ear for our student athletes, because I think they're going through a lot. And so I really have the ability to impact the 12 girls that are on our team right now. And I take, I don't take that lightly. Thanks for joining me this week for a crisp fall convo with another friend, Meg. Thanks for sharing your quarantine hyphenation, baking, and how you've kept connected to inner balance. Before I go, I want to note that this marks 20 episodes of what's eating you that I've produced. And I'm really floored that altogether, listeners have spent time playing these episodes well over 1,200 times. This project is still evolving, but I appreciate all the feedback and support I've gotten. It's been a big part of my decision to keep at it. While this project has kept me connected to my village in times of isolation, I also hope these convos have been useful and enjoyable for you listeners. Who knows? It could be us speaking in a few weeks. Until then, take care. We'll talk soon.